Today's podcast is brought to you by my book, The Sex Spiral, Forgiven and Free from Pornography. The Sex Spiral will teach you God's design for sexuality, the triggers that lead to porn addiction, and how to exit the sex spiral with a purity plan for your life. You can order online at Amazon.com or any other retailer. Hey, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's show. The Dustin Daniels Show. Unashamedly proclaiming God's purity through His Son, Jesus Christ. Devoted to saving marriages. Dedicated to protecting children. Addressing sex with biblical truth and without shock value. You're listening to the intersection of life and lust. Call toll-free at 1-855-5-DUSTIN. And now, here's your host, Purity Pastor Dustin Daniels. Some Pharisees came and they tried to trap Jesus with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them with a question. What did Moses say in the law about divorce? Well... He permitted it, they replied. And he said, a man can give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, well, he he wrote this commandment only as a concession to your hard hearts. But God made them male and female from the beginning of all creation. And this explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. And since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. That is the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 2 through 9. How many times have you heard the devastating statistics on divorce? From television reports to your pastor quoting stats from the pulpit. Maybe it was your premarital counselor trying to scare you into staying married. And now maybe you're going through a rough time in your marriage and you're seeing a counselor and he's not even sure if your marriage will survive because, you know, after all, after all, the divorce rate is, say it with me, it's 50%. And I bet you can Quote the other stats as well. I, I bet you can also tell me that the divorce rate is the same inside the church as it is outside. I mean, haven't we heard all of these depressing, lifeless numbers? Uh, I am certainly guilty of it. But you know something? I, I started noticing something a few years ago that, that there were couples that have been married 40 to 50 years. Lots of them, and they were all around me. And I started to think, well, wait a second. That just doesn't seem right. How how is this possible? I, I see examples of strong, healthy marriages, especially within the church body. So where is this disconnect of these lifeless divorce rate statistics that we hear about versus the lifelong marriages, these godly, committed marriages that we can see? if we'll only take the time to look around us. Well, today on the show, we are going to, we're going to get to the very bottom of this statistical confusion 
that really has paralyzed our country and especially our church when it comes to marriage and divorce. Shanti Feldhahn has received her graduate degree from Harvard. She has worked on Wall Street and Capitol Hill, and she unexpectedly became a social researcher and best-selling author, equipping people with eye-opening, life-changing truth about personal and work relationships. She has sold, check this out, 2 million copies in 22 languages with all of her books. She and her husband have two children and live in Atlanta. Shanti, welcome to the Dustin Daniels Show. It's great to be with you. Thanks so much. You are the author of a book titled The Good News About Marriage, Debunking Discouraging Myths About Marriage and Divorce. And praise God, you have some very, very good news for us today. And I think, Shanti, you know, news that will really clear up so much confusion about marriage and divorce uh, and what we think are, are really true. So let's start off with that one statistic that we've heard a gazillion times that the divorce rate is 50 percent. Is, is that really true? It is not true. And it's actually never been true. It's actually never been close to true. And it's one of those things I think all of us have thought for years. I used to say this from the stage all the time. Mm. And I started looking into the numbers. It's sort of a long story, but, you know, I'm a social researcher and I'm an analyst. And like you, I didn't see things that matched <laughs> that narrative and started looking into the, into the data and found that as an overall societal average, we've never come close to that. No what kidding. What, yeah, what happened years and years ago when no-fault divorce first started in the 1970s is that truly the demographers of the day started to see divorce skyrocketing, you know, because people could get divorced very easily sure. all of a sudden. And they went, oh my goodness, if this keeps up, we're going to hit 50% someday. But really quickly that hit a peak because, I think people kind of saw the chaos it caused to have such quickie divorces. And so starting in 1980, it really hit a peak, and it's come down more than 30% since then. It's been dropping and dropping and dropping, but the projections really haven't kept pace. And a lot of these wonderful researchers, who I respect greatly, still continue to project that we're going to hit that. And I just go, you know what, first of all, make your projections, that's fine, but let's get the news out that it's never been close to that as a societal average as a whole. You know, truly, right now, it, we are, we're nowhere close. For example, um, people tend to use women as the standard for, you know, for de- demographics. That's a more conservative number. Right now, 71% of women are still married to their first spouse. Wow. And the 29% that wow. aren't, a big chunk of that is people who were married for 50 years and their spouse died. That's just that's just marriages that have ended. No one really knows what the first marriage divorce rate actually is, but we can get a lot closer. We know it has to be less than 29 because that's death and divorce. And we can estimate based on the rate, rate of widowhood and some other factors. Sure, it's sure. probably more like 20 to 25 percent, which is still too high, but it is a whole lot better. No, wait a second. You're, you're saying the divorce rate is at, it's not 50 percent. It's somewhere between 20 and 25 percent for first marriages. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. somewhere in there. And we and no one knows exactly. And I think the lack of an exact number makes it easy for the myths to keep spreading because this is a really, really confusing area. Now, by the way, and we should say that's an average at a snapshot in time for society as a whole. 
there are higher risk groups, but there are also lower risk groups. Sure, That's sure. That's an average. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that, that the divorce rate right now is not increasing. You said it was actually decreasing? Yeah, the divorce rate has decreased more than 30% since it hit that peak in 1980 after no-fault divorce came into being. And it's, it has been dropping and dropping and dropping to the, cur- to the level where young people today who are getting married are the most cynical about marriage because they've heard for years oh, yeah. all of this stuff about yeah. the divorce rate, which is, turns out isn't true. But the young people today have the lowest chance of getting divorced of anybody for the last 30 years. You know, that gives me so much hope as a, a pastor and counselor that because it, to me, the, the 50% statistic is so depressing, especially for the young people when they come in for some premarital counseling. And I'm sure you've experienced this. They're like, oh, you know, I don't know if we should do this. Maybe we should yeah. just live together. This provides so much hope that, look, it's not you've got 50% chance that you're going to make it. No. It's that that's a, just an outright projection and lie. Yeah, well, here's I, really what people need to know. Yes, there are still too many divorces. Absolutely sure. there are. But those are the exceptions. Those aren't the rule. You need to be able to, to tell people, and people need to be able to tell their friends when someone says, you know, what makes, you know, we're having these trouble and... In, in our marriage, and 50% of everybody else couldn't make it. What makes us so special? You know, and, 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 <laughs> and it's just it better to, better to, if the ship is going to sink anyway, why bother working so hard to try to bail it out? Mm. And it makes a huge difference to be able to come alongside someone and say, look, I know it's hard, but you're going to make it. Most people do. It just changes the dynamic dramatically. Yeah, you mentioned that if people are committed to the relationship if they're willing to stay in it like four or five years that yeah. they will move they will move through that tough time is that right Shanti? yes that was actually one of the studies we kind of we kind of felt like our job and i say our me and my senior researcher tally whitehead wrote the book together we felt like our job was to look into all the studies and find out what was true and what was myth and even though it was very complicated and it took us eight years, we really feel like we've gotten there at least to a point on some of these things. One of the studies we were worried would turn out to be a myth actually was true and was very well done. And it studied couples for five years. And those people that were the most miserable, closest to divorce in their marriage, if they stuck it out, if they were committed for five years, almost 80% of those same couples were very happy in their marriage five years later. Wow. It's not just, okay, you got to endure this (laughs) terrible marriage for the next 40 years. Yeah, okay, some people might be called to that, but most of the time there's a transformative power that happens when you get committed. Oh, absolutely. Here's the thing. Marriage is not hard. It's it's when we realize that I'm the one you know, I've got to I've got to look in the mirror as the man of the family and go, look, I'm the one that's hard to live with. It's we, we, <laughs> we kind of blame our own sinfulness on this wonderful God given institution and my wife. And it's it's not the marriage. That's the problem. It's the sin in my life. That's the problem. And I, I think this idea of marriage is is absolutely positively. It's so wonderful when we actually get real with ourselves, we confess our sin, and we seek first the kingdom of God. 
I love that way of putting it. And, and okay, so here's the funny thing, because I can guarantee that everybody in your listening audience, when you said marriage isn't hard, they kind of sat up and went, what? <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> because here's the reality. We have said for years, oh, marriage is just hard. Right. You know, and, and here's the problem. We're sending the wrong message and actually saying something we don't necessarily always mean. Yep. What we mean is marriage takes hard work sometimes. That there are times and seasons when marriage can be hard and can be difficult Absolutely. in some cases, but that doesn't mean marriage is just complicated, <laughs> you know, and then there's just something inherently just awful and difficult about it. Mm-hmm. And and it, that what that does is it makes people think, well, why would I want some of that? Sure. You know, better just to live together. And, you know, that the, the, the problem is, is this wonderful institution God created, it still works. We've got to start using the language that, yes, absolutely, it does take hard work sometimes, but it's not rocket science. And that there, it turns out, this is one of the other myths that I debunked in the book, is this idea that it takes rocket science. <laughs> it causes you to think, oh, man, we're having problems. Right. It's going to be three years of psychotherapy. And mm-hmm. instead, it turns out that in most cases, not all, but in most cases, it turns out that, yeah, you have to work hard sometimes, but it's the little things and kind of the ones that are relatively simple to implement that can sometimes make the biggest difference. Today on the program, Shanti Feldhahn, author of a book titled The Good News About Marriage, Debunking Discouraging Myths About Marriage and Divorce. For more information on Shanti, you can visit her website at Shanti.com. That's S-H-A-U-N-T-I. So let's talk about this wonderful state of marriage, Shanti. You say in your book that 80% of marriages are happy and 30% of them are very happy. Yeah, this is one of these things that, let me tell you, people are shocked. I was shocked. You know, I'm kind of a freak for random (laughs) random research. And I'll, I'll, like, go around and ask people questions in coffee shops and stuff. And one of the questions I've been asking people lately is, what percentage of marriages do you think are happy? Mm. And, you know, I'm not asking them if their marriage is. I'm, right. I'm just saying in general, out there, you know, in the ether. And and if I ask 10 people that question, eight of them are going to tell me, oh, I think about 30% of marriages are happy. Mm. They think that most marriages are just kind of bumping along. You know, the fire goes out after a few years. It just becomes a bit of a slog. And the reality is there have literally been dozens of studies on on marriage and happiness, and they all cluster around the answer that a, a roughly about 80% of marriages are happy. Now, that's not perfect, but that's not roommates either. You know, most people sure. enjoy being married, and the ones that don't, certainly there is about that 20%, depending on the study, about that 20% rate where people just are kind of, they're struggling, or maybe it is that kind of so-so, eh, kind of marriage. But those, are, again, those are the exceptions. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to think, wait a minute, if 80% of the others can do it, I can do it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then you move, you move kind of your discussion in the book to, to church and the church body, yeah. and you do this wonderful job of, of explaining what church does because we've heard for decades now that there's no difference between people who go to church and and people who do. And that just breaks my heart whenever I hear that because I, I know that's a lie. But you say that church attendance lowers divorce rate. 
Yeah, dramatically, actually. See, here's, here's the problem. Everybody, I think, probably in your listening audience, and especially all the pastors, have heard that George Barna found that the rate of divorce is the same in the church, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And, and here's the problem. It's a giant misunderstanding, because Barna never studied people in the church. He was only studying belief systems. So someone who says, I'm a Christian, or I'm a Muslim, or I'm an atheist, those people have the same divorce rate. But he specifically excluded whether they went to church from the analysis. Because it wasn't, again, it wasn't even what they were trying to study. It's a giant misunderstanding. So what I did is I partnered with the Barna Group, and I bought all that same data, that those, all those same data sets, and we re-ran them, all those numbers, but just with the one, that one factor added back in of, okay, was the person actually in church last week? You know, was their faith a part of their life? Did they actually attend sure. services? And here's the thing that was that is so encouraging for, for me as a follower of Christ, and I think probably for your listeners as well, is that according to the Barna numbers, and by the way, every other study that's ever been done, if you were in church last week, your divorce rate drops anywhere from 25 to 50 percent. Unbelievable. Now, that's not just that it matters. It matters a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh. pastors, uh, pastors are so discouraged yeah. by thinking, because what they tell me kind of behind the scenes is they, they stand on stage and they look out over their congregation and they think, you know, if the rate of divorce in here is the same as it is out there, despite all my hard work, mm-hmm. it means mm-hmm. all my work doesn't mean very much. And they need to know, no, that's this giant myth, this giant lie the enemy has wanted everyone to believe. It turns out it matters a lot. And getting yourself under that teaching, getting yourself in that community, it matters a huge amount to the success of your marriage. So let me make sure I understood you correctly. The Barna study that is, that's uh, been misperceived yeah. was, was asking whether or not basically people just believed in God. Whether they describe themselves as those Christian belief systems. But like, they did not go to church. Do you believe in Jesus? Got do it. you think he's the son of God? You know, those kinds of theological points, if they fell into the Christian category or the Muslim category or the atheist category, for example, those people had the same divorce rate. But there was zero included, nothing included on whether that faith belief was part of their life. Because they, did, they, because they weren't going to church. Correct. So you can say, yeah, I believe in God. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You can say that all day long, but in you know, if, if you're not actively attending church, it says something about sure. whether that's a priority yeah, you're in your life. Justified and, by your actions, you know? Yes. And so and so, you know, not to like make cast dispersions on is someone a real Christian or not. That's right. up for God to decide. Sure, sure. But just in terms of what you do and the priority in your life that is where you see those faith beliefs having this massive difference in whether or not your marriage survives or fails. And in general, the people who go to church regularly, their marriages are by far more protected from divorce and by far, by the way, happier wow. than everybody else. That was another thing we found, is there was this massive correlation between people who, again— made church attendance a priority, and 
and whether or not they were not just married and stayed married, but whether they were very happy in their marriage. Shanti, you're blowing our world up, and this is so good. So 25 to 50% lower if people go to, if they attend church on a regular basis. Um, let's talk about prayer. Yeah. What, what, what does what does prayer do if, if a married couple makes that a priority in their life? Does that actually do something to the divorce rate as well? Well, here is what... I can tell you and not tell you. And and let me give you the bad news first, okay? Because all of us have heard, I think most of us have heard, that Christians who pray together have like a 1 in 10,000 divorce rate or something. You know, we've all heard those studies. And unfortunately, part of my job in the book was trying to trace all the studies to find out what was true and not, and what Absolutely. was a myth and what was a not, and it appears that that's a myth. It appears that there is no study that actually says that. We tried to trace it for years. And everybody quotes this Dr. Phil book that quotes this Christian discipleship series that says (laughs) that, and we listened to every single one of the eight audio cassette tapes of this old Christian discipleship series, and and it doesn't reference that anywhere. Mm. So I'm kind of reluctantly forced to conclude that that particular statistic is an urban legend. I wish it was true. But here's, here's the, the good news, is that I am positive statistically and correlation-wise that the people who attend church regularly, one of the reasons that their divorce rate is so much lower is because it's not just attending church. It's because they're doing things that protect their marriage. And one of those things is putting God first. And one way of doing that is that I'm quite sure that some of those husbands and wives are just more likely to make prayer priority and praying together. One of the things I'm looking forward to with the release of the book, and I say this in like four different places, is that I'm hoping some of those studies that are out there about the impact of prayer come out of the woodwork and um, somebody decides to do something to officially study that, because as far as we can tell, it has not been done yet. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, just from my own testament uh, testimony, you know, I, I, I got married when I was a, a knucklehead kid at 22 years old. I thought I was a Christian. Uh, that lasted six years. I was completely addicted to pornography and sex and, and had affairs and, and, and then married, married the affair after the divorce of number one. And then that lasts, you know, four or five months and then divorce number two. And I'm 30 years old and my life is a complete train wreck. And the reason for that is because the because Jesus Christ was not the center of my yeah. life. And now, Shanti, now, many years later, God has given me this godly, beautiful woman as mm-hmm. my as my wife, and we pray together and we make Almighty God the priority, and He is the one yeah. that changes everything. It's none of this psychosocial behavioral <laughs> model stuff. Yes. It's He has cast our sin as far as the East is from the West. And when we when we hear those devastating statistics that aren't even true, yeah, I, I just want to thank you so much for sharing the good news about marriage. You have indeed debunked all of these myths about marriage and divorce. And pastors and, and leaders and counselors, I do pray that you visit Shanti's website. And I pray that you get a hold of her and, and read this book and and quote your sermons from the statistics that are in here because this will give your congregation hope. Once again, Shanti Feldhahn, 
author of The Good News About Marriage, Debunking Discouraging Myths About Marriage and Divorce. You can visit Shanti at Shanti.com. Well, thank you so much for tuning into the show. The kingdom of God isn't just a lot of talk, guys. It's living, and it's living in God's power. That's 1 Corinthians 4. I love you. I'll see you next week. God bless. The Dustin Daniels Radio Show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the host nor the station is engaged in rendering counseling advice for your personal situation. If you need further help, we encourage you to seek the services of a Christ-based counseling professional. For more information on the radio show, visit DustinDanielsRadio.com.